Hi there, my name is Daniel, and I'm excited to be sharing with you today. Uh, for those of you who I haven't had a chance to meet, uh, let me tell you a little bit about my family. Um, here on the screen you can see a picture of my family. This is my wife Katie, Katie Carey, uh, and these are my two kids. Uh, Noah is two years old, and he's, he's a super fun kid. Uh, and then we, we just had summer. She's four months old. She's, she's chunky and she's got just the biggest cheeks and a great smile. And so love my family. And, uh, I've actually been here at OCC for almost nine years now. And I've been tremendously blessed. My family has been blessed by the community here and the leaders here. So I'm excited to share out of some of what God has grown me in over the last nine years. Uh, we are in a message series called Quest, Pursuits of a Lifetime. And let me start by sharing a, a pretty embarrassing story. Uh, the coolest I've ever felt lasted for about 30 seconds. That's right. The coolest I ever felt lasted for only about 30 seconds. Uh, let me explain. When I was in college, I uh, was a pre-med major. And as long as I can remember, maybe since the fourth grade, I had wanted to become a doctor. And in my mind, you know, doctors were these people that everyone looked up to, everyone respected. Uh, people looked to them as intelligent, but then also they looked to them for help. And that sounded great to me. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to help people. And so I, I wanted to train to become a doctor. So my sophomore summer, I decided I'm going to shadow a doctor and learn more about what does it mean? Uh, what does it look like? A day in the life of a doctor. So I was shadowing this doctor and uh, I was in his office and he uh, told me, hey, Daniel, I got to I got to finish some paperwork. So if you could just uh, go ahead, there's a patient waiting in this room. If you just go ahead and let him know I'm, I'm going to be right there uh, and just say hi. So I did just that. I, I grabbed a clipboard and I had my nice little button up on and I went and walked to the patient's room. I opened the door. And as soon as I opened the door, they said, hi, doctor, nice to meet you. And they started telling me their problem. They said, you know, I got this problem with my back and I have high blood pressure and my heart feels weird. And they, they could have been saying almost anything. And they had lost me. I was not listening anymore. Uh, I, they had lost me at the words, uh, hi, doctor. <laughs> and so my mind had gone somewhere else. I was thinking, you know, wow, I'm, I'm pretty impressive right now. I look really good. And, you know, this person, uh, I, don't, I don't need to go to medical school. This person already respects me. Uh, they're looking to me for help. And that all, all ended in, when the patient asked me, so what do you think? What do you think I should do? And I, I had to, you know, draw on my, my vast medical understanding and years of experience and tell them, uh, I, I'm not a doctor. Sorry. I, the real doctor is going to be in in a second. So sorry. That <laughs> was pretty awkward and embarrassing. And so in a few moments, the, the doctor came in and said, oh, hey, patient, how are you? I see you met Daniel. Uh, Daniel is, uh, he's, a, he's a college student, and he's, a, you know, he's interested in becoming a doctor. He's interested in medicine. So <laughs> I felt impressive for a while, and now I, I did not feel impressive. The doctor might as well have come in and said something like, uh, this is Daniel. He, he doesn't really deserve your respect. Uh, and I, he's not really super intelligent. I really wouldn't pay much attention. That, he, the doctor didn't mean that. That's how I felt because uh, I tried to come across as impressive. And instead, I had really been humbled. Uh, and that was a difficult experience for me. And I wonder, I wonder if any of you have been in a situation like that 
where you have thought that you were going to come across as so impressive to a group of people and instead, oh, it just didn't work out. And I hope you haven't, actually. I hope you haven't been that embarrassed in your life. Uh, but maybe you feel the same pull, the same tension that I feel, which is a, a desire to want to be impressive to others, a desire to come across well to others. Uh, maybe you feel in different ways. Maybe you don't care if people, you know, think of you as like respectable or, or maybe you don't care if they look to you for help. Maybe, maybe you care, uh, that people know you're really athletically gifted, uh, and, and you really want people to know that, or you want people to think of you as being an attractive or a cool person. Um, maybe you, you work at a job and you're the, you're at the bottom of the ladder and you just, you want your boss to take you seriously. You want to be treated as someone who's competent and knows what they're doing. And you feel like you're not sometimes. Um, and maybe, uh, I, I think I'm willing to bet that a lot of us struggle in this area. And a lot of us feel the same pool uh, of wanting to impress people. Uh, in fact, we all want people to think highly of us. Uh, Taylor mentioned this in his message last week about work. Uh, but we want to leave a legacy, and part of that's good, uh, but part of that is that's a well-worn road. We naturally have this desire to to want to be impressive to others. And I think one of the reasons we want to be impressive to others is because none of us want to have lives that don't count for anything. None of us want to not be thought well of. None of us want to have a life that just doesn't matter uh, we all want to make a positive impact and be well regarded for that reason. Um, the problem is that uh, when we seek that validation from other people, what ends up happening is we spend our entire lives trying to get validation out of others. And it just, we, we feel like it'd just be really nice if everyone in my life could tell me how great I am all the time. Um, I wonder if anyone relates to that sentiment. Uh, maybe we, we don't voice that, but we think that sometimes in how we relate to others. And so that, that creates a strain on our relationships uh, that makes it really hard for people to, to relate to us well. And it, what it also does is when we're in situations where we're, we're not the doctor, let's say, uh, we get into pretending. And when we pretend, we, we take this uh, fake it till you make it mentality. Um, and as you can see from my story, that doesn't really end well. That leads with us being humbled. Uh, but I'm really grateful. I'm grateful that God knows my weaknesses. He knows what I'm actually drawn towards. It's unhelpful. Uh, and he, in his word, presents us with lots of help in this area. So not only does God help us identify where we're off track, he also presents a different road. Uh, we need to get off the road of impressing, but he presents here's the alternative road that we could take. Uh, so let's read in the word. Uh, this is from Luke 16, Luke 16. Uh, and the context of this passage is uh, Jesus uh, in his ministry. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He came to earth to die for, for our wrongdoing. Uh, in his time, he, he did a lot of teaching and he taught in parables, parables being stories, uh, interesting stories that draw you in. But there's an element, there's a principle uh, that's kind of hidden in the story. And so Jesus not only shares the parable, but he also he made sure that we hear the principle, and then he gives us some examples of how we can apply it to our lives. So Jesus is being very careful. He, he's kind of telling us, hey, don't miss this. This is important. Uh, see how important this is. And so the parable he shares is about a shrewd manager. And so this passage is kind of about how, how to manage, how to manage resources, how to, how to prove faithful with resources. So let's read. This is Luke 16, 10 through 12. I'm going to read this. 
whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? The first time I heard this passage and I really considered what does this mean for my life? How am I going to apply this? Was actually uh, in a meeting with our pastor, Pastor Josh. Uh, the summer uh, after my sophomore, or the school year after my summer sophomore, uh, my, my summer of medical embarrassment uh, and, and being humbled, uh, I uh, started coming to OCC. And uh, I had been around the church for a while. And at this time, I had thought, you know, I had sensed that God really wanted me to not just focus on building my, my reputation and respect for myself, but he wanted me to care about people, people's spiritual health. And so I had started to toy this idea of maybe I, I should do medicine and ministry. And I should, I should go overseas as a medical missionary. And so missions was very important to me. And I, I looked around our church, and we were only about maybe five years old at that time as a church, maybe a little younger. And... I remember thinking, where are all the missionaries? Why, don't, why, why haven't we launched out more missionaries? Why are we sending more people? Doesn't Josh know how, how great a need there is in the world? And so I, I brought my questions to Josh, and I, I met with him and, and asked him uh, all these questions. He, uh, and Josh, Josh was really gracious. He, he listened uh, very carefully, and, and, and he, he shared. He opened his Bible, and he shared these verses, Luke 16, 10 through 12. And he shared, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And he shared this with me, and I, I, I kind of looked at him like, I'm not sure what you're getting at. Um, I'm not sure you're answering my question. And so Josh explained. He said, Daniel, uh, I we care about missions, and we care about people overseas. And we want to send missionaries overseas. But before we send people and trust them with much, with great things, we need to see them prove faithful with little things here and now. And that kind of blew me away. Josh had kind of dashed my hopes. Uh, At that moment, my plan was to get overseas as quickly as possible, make a name for myself, make an impact for the kingdom. I, I wanted to finish college, finish med school, and then rush overseas. And what Josh was telling me was, you know, we, we really prioritize people prove faithful with a little first. And what God was telling me through this passage and through his people uh, was, Daniel, you need to slow down. You need to take the road of humility. That's the alternative to the road of impressing is the road to humility. Uh, the principle we can draw out of this passage to state it another way is if you want to do great big things in the future, you have to do great at the little things now. If you want to do great big things in the future, you have to do great at the little things now. Uh, God is actually looking at, hey, how are you handling what's currently in front of you before he hands you more, more responsibility? And so there are a couple of other other uh, points of application that Jesus gives us from this passage. He continues to draw it out in the following verses. So in verse 11, um, he talks about finances. And he says, if, if you can't be entrusted with the financial stewardship, why would you be given true riches? And you might be wondering, well, what does it mean, true riches? What's that mean? And part of that is actually true riches is being entrusted with people's spiritual health, uh, being in charge, being in leadership over people in, in his community, in God's community. That's real treasure. And so what we see from that is one of the prerequisites for leadership in God's community in the church uh, is actually 
financial stewardship, handling finances well. Uh, so you, you might have you might have been around OCC for a while, and you're looking around, and you're thinking, it seems like there's a lot of leaders here, a lot of young leaders. You know, uh, when wh- where do I sign up? When when do I get a turn? Uh, when do I get to be a leader? Uh, and the the truth is, God might be looking at your finances and, and asking you the question, hey, how are you doing with tithing? How are you doing with giving, being generous? Uh, how are you doing in those areas? That might be the, the stewardship piece that he has in front of you currently. You know, for, for people in my generation and younger, uh, it's it seems like it's almost impossible to get through the college years without accruing tons of debt. Uh, and even just post-high school life, it seems like, Everyone has debt, <laughs> lots of it, and that's really hard. And it, it can really be tempting to adopt a mentality that's from our culture that says, you know, I, I'm owed something, uh, and I really I should be getting help with my student loans. That you know, the government should be helping me, or maybe you're, you're holding out for a parent or someone else uh, to, to help you with your student loans. Uh, and that's actually that's not God's approach. That's not the approach God wants us to take. God's looking to see, hey, are, this is a responsibility you took on. Are you bearing up under that responsibility? Are you being faithful with the responsibilities he's currently given you? And so that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you have to be debt-free uh, in order to be in leadership. That's not what that, that passage means. But it does mean that we take this area seriously, and we, we don't just uh, procrastinate dealing with this area. Um, and this is especially true for, for those of us who want to go into ministry or go into missions. You know, if you want a, a really a heavy responsibility like missions overseas, um, God's looking at, hey, how are you dealing with the responsibilities I've already given you in your finances, in your student loans? Um, so another application, another principle that Jesus draws out in this passage is uh, God's actually looking at how we're doing in following other people's leadership to see if we can be entrusted with our own leadership. And so if you're interested in leadership here at OCC, uh, one of the tests is, hey, how are you doing with the people that are currently leading you? So maybe uh, you want to lead a small group. Well, how are you doing with following your small group leader? Uh, if you're on a ministry team, how are you doing in serving and following your leader there? Uh, God's looking at, hey, how are you handling the little? I want to trust you with more. Uh, and so this passage overall to summarize, uh, this passage is saying, be faithful now. Be faithful now. Don't wait. Uh, it can be tempting. It can be so tempting to think, you know, I will work hard when I'm given the right responsibility. Uh, I'm at the bottom of the ladder at work. In fact, I'm so far down the ladder, there isn't even a ladder. I, there's no way for me to get promoted in my position. You know, I'll, I'll start working when I get a real job where, where I actually have an opportunity to get paid more if I work hard. Uh, and that's not God's perspective. In fact, uh, the, the real ladder to climb is God's. God's the one in charge of uh, your opportunities uh, that you get. And so he, he might be looking at, uh, hey, how are you doing with your current job before you get an opportunity for another one? Um, what we do now demonstrates what we might do in the future uh, with with more responsibility. Uh, so you, you might be wondering, you know, hey, big deal, Daniel. Uh, I I'm not planning on impersonating any doctors. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do something that crazy. Um, what's What's really wrong with uh, trying to impress people, or you know, just uh, letting people know how good you are, right? What's really wrong with that? Uh, and so let me let me present two reasons, and let me offer a few thoughts on this. Um, first, 
we choose to get off the road of, hum- of impressing people and onto the road of humility because Jesus modeled humility for us. This is the road he chose to take. Let's read. This is Philippians 2, 3 through 11. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So why should we care? Because Jesus modeled this for us, because Jesus took a demotion so that we could get a promotion. Jesus counted it joy to lower himself to our level so that he could raise us up to his. And this is incredible that Jesus would do this for us. And so we take when we take the humble road, we're actually we're honoring God. We're honoring Jesus' sacrifice and we're being like Jesus. We're being like our Father. Uh, and we get to experience that joy of doing what we were designed truly to do, which is to choose the road of humility. Uh, as a side note, Jesus actually modeled humility in the way that he patterned his life. Uh, Jesus, uh, he was a son of God. If there was anyone who should have been a big shot at a young age, it was him. Uh, but instead of you know launching his ministry at 19 or 21, uh, he actually chose to wait till he was around 30. And so Jesus modeled this idea of taking the road of humility, going slow, uh, and, and only launching later. Uh, and so Jesus demonstrated being faithful in a little before taking on much. Uh, and the second reason that we want to take God seriously in this area of getting off the road of impressing is because the road of impressing down that road is actually destruction. Uh, it, it's not that the Bible says we're just not going to promote it if we don't do it God's way. It's that we'll actually be destroyed. It's really serious. Uh, let's read this first. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble or shows favor to the humble. Uh, and the image in this verse, if you can imagine, is, is like you going down, me going down to the football field and lining up on the line, getting ready, uh, getting set, and then looking up and looking across and seeing it's God. It's God who's opposing me. When we're prideful and we're, we're, uh, we get into impressing others, it's God who opposes us. So you follow that road of impressing long enough, there's God blocking your way. Uh, you know, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I know there's a few of us here. Uh, but one of my favorite players is a guy named Vaughn Miller. And you can see a picture of him here. And uh, in case you can't tell, he's huge. Uh, the guy is six foot three. Uh, he's 250 pounds. And he's super fast. And he, he has 106 sacks. Uh, which is pretty, if you don't know about football, he's, that's really good. It's hard to do. Uh, and, you know, you, you'd have to pay me <laughs> a lot of money to line up against this guy uh, because he would just run me over. I, I mean, any money you would pay me, I would have to put in like an HSA or like a health savings account so that I could pay off all my medical bills after he runs me over. Uh, it just would not be smart for me to do that. Uh, but this is, this is what I would choose to do if, if, if I 
choose the road of oppressing, I'm, I'm not just lining up against Von Miller. I'm lining up against the God of the universe. That's a scary thought. Um, the truth is that ultimately we, we either choose humility ourselves or we have it chosen for us. We either choose the road of humility now or we choose humiliation later. Uh, and there's no middle ground. There's not a third road to take. It's either one of these two. Uh, so you might be listening to this and, and getting kind of nervous and thinking, Daniel, that's me. I'm on the road of impressing. I'm on this collision course with the God of the universe, and I need to get off. I need to make a change. Uh, and the truth is that you can't. You can't. Uh, we can't. All of us are born on this road of wanting to impress others and pride and arrogance, and none of us can get off this road without God's help. Uh, it's actually God who has to, to come in and help us get off the road of pressing and onto the road of humility. And the first step on the road to humility is actually making Jesus boss, boss of our lives. And it's admitting, I'm, I'm really not that impressive. I'm not that great. I'm not perfect. I don't meet, more importantly, I don't meet God's standard of perfection. And so I need, I need Jesus' help. I need his sacrifice on the cross for me so I can get on the road of humility. Uh, and so if you sense that's you, then I encourage you, hey, we're going to fill out a connection card at the end of service. Uh, mark down your connection card. Uh, investigate further. Don't delay. Uh, it's a great opportunity to get off of that road that leads to destruction and onto a road that leads to, to true blessing. Uh, and what's important here is, is it's not just that Jesus we make Jesus Lord, it's that we, we acknowledge he's been Lord. He's always been in charge. It's just that we are agreeing with him. You really are in charge. I'm going to submit to you. Perhaps you're in a different camp. Perhaps you have made God the boss of your life, and uh, you are in the years of, of training, you know, your teens, maybe your 20s, your 30s. You're early on in life, and, and you realize you're kind of on this, this road of oppressing people like I was in that doctor's office. Uh, and, and you're you're wondering, you know, what what shift do I need to make? How how can I make a change? Um, and the answer is go slow to go fast. Go slow to go fast. There's this great story. There's this great quote. I'm not sure it's by, but it says, you know, if you have six hours to cut down a tree, spend the first two hours sharpening the axe. What that means is, uh, if you have a hard task, preparation is really important. The harder the task, the more important the preparation. And so if you want to do great big things for God's kingdom or you, you want to move to the top of the ladder at work or you just want to take on more and more responsibility in the future, uh, sharpening the axe now matters. Be faithful now. Um, it could be that uh, your next step in this area is to check out a training program here at OCC, uh, maybe Horizon or North Star or Antioch Project even if you feel like God's calling you into full-time ministry. And uh, in these years, this is our time. This is our time to take God seriously, be faithful now in the little things, and train uh, while we can. Um, and just so you know, you know, there are a lot of young leaders here at OCC. You don't have to, to be in your 30s or 40s in order to have leadership. Uh, God's looking for people who are faithful now and, and can be trusted with incrementally more. Uh, but even as we become, become leaders or get positions of, of leadership, uh, it's important to continue to train. Uh, it's not a time to, to get prideful and get back on the road of, of uh, impressing people. It's a, time, it's a time to take God seriously and choose humility. Um, perhaps you're in a different camp altogether. Perhaps you are uh, well down the road of midlife. And 
uh, as you're listening to what's being shared today, you can't help but feel just a, a, a twinge of regret. And you look back in your life and you realize there were key moments in your life where you really chose arrogance or, or you chose to impress people rather than taking God seriously. Uh, and maybe you're feeling the effects of that now. And that can be that can be really discouraging. But the truth is that you have an opportunity now. God, God can forgive you uh, for, for the mistakes you made in the past. Uh, but you have an opportunity in front of you right now to choose faithfulness now. You can be faithful now. And your life can have an impact moving forward. Uh, as long as you have time here, you can choose to be faithful and experience blessing because of that. Uh, and you, you might also be in the camp of well into midlife, uh, and you might be someone who's taken God seriously in your life for, for many years. And so you've progressed down this road of humility. You know what, what some of what you've experienced is you're actually in positions of respect and power and influence because um, as you've proven faithful with a little, God's entrusted you with more and more and more. And so you're, you're, you know, you're, you're the manager, you're the boss, or, or you're, uh, you have a family that you lead. Uh, you're in leadership in your family, or even here at OCC, you're in leadership. Uh, and it can be really tempting at any stage of life to want to get back on the road of impressing people, to want to say, look at what's going on and go, look at me, I'm pretty great. And this is, this is a time to actually, to really choose humility. I was thinking of this, you know, people, people in my generation, we, we are starved for, for great examples in this area. We really need time spent with examples of people who uh, have chosen the road of humility and stuck with it to the end. Uh, that is so helpful and so encouraging. I, I can think of um, dozens of conversations in my life with uh, older, wiser people where uh, they've reminded me of truth and they've told me, you know, you're on the road of impressing and you need to get back on the road of humility and let me help you. Um, and God's used that to, to really preserve my life. I don't know where I would be if it weren't for the help of older, wiser people. So if you're in that camp, uh, you have a great opportunity to, to really help the young people that are around you, help them while they're in their training years. You can be part of that uh, and leave a legacy, leave an impact in that regard. Uh, so you may be wondering, you know, you know, what happened with your story? Are you still like impersonating doctors or what do you do now? Uh, and so let me, let me share briefly. Um, after meeting with Josh and really some conversations with leaders here at OCC, um, I began to see through God's word that I really did need to slow down. Uh, so I, I did just that. I slowed down and, and I kind of I put the timetable aside and said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to follow you in this area, not push uh, to get ahead as quickly as possible. And so uh, in the process of slowing down, God showed me a couple of things. There is time for God through his word and through his people, uh, through his spirit to show me here's what I'm actually gifted at. Here's what I'm actually good at. And, and here's what I'm passionate about. Uh, and so he, he helped me understand more of who I was because of that time that I spent slowing down. Uh, and so uh, I, I realized in that time, you know, God, I really want to help people. God wants me to focus on helping people spiritually. That's what he's calling me toward. Uh, and right now, at this time, my wife and I, we feel called to go into campus ministry uh, at a secular campus and hopefully spend time with people that are in the training years in in a time in their life where it's critical that they get off the road of impressing people and onto the road uh, of humility. We want to play a positive role in people's lives in that stage. So, Lord willing, you know, if we continue to prove faithful with what we have right now, uh, Lord willing, we'll have an opportunity to do that in the future sometime. Uh, in closing this summary, you know, I, I imagine what things could look like 
uh, if we really took God seriously in this area as a community here at OCC. Um, you know, imagine, imagine what things would look like at your job if, if instead of um, jockeying for a position with your coworkers or trying to make yourself look good to the boss, uh, you slowed down and you, you looked at your coworkers and thought, how, how can I praise them? What are they doing well? How can I make them look good? How can I jockey for position for them to advance someone else? What would that look like? What would that change? What, what if that became the trend in your organization? How would that change your, your workplace? Uh, what if you were the one that started that trend? Wouldn't that be great? Um, you know, what, what would it look like if we chose humility in our households? Um, I know I want to make uh, progress in this area of, you know, praising my spouse rather than only getting aggravated at what they get wrong. Uh, what would that do to change the tone, change the atmosphere of our households uh, with our kids, with our spouses? Um, what would it look like in your classroom if instead of viewing your, your, your classmates as the competition, viewing them as teammates uh, and, and work together, you could work together to advance both of yourselves. Um, imagine what this would look like at our, in our community. If in Riverside, uh, the young people here at OCC were, were known, our community was known for faithful men and women, people who follow through even on small assignments and really with excellence execute their, their role. Uh, wouldn't that be incredible if that was our witness, our testimony to the larger community excuse me, here in Riverside. Uh, and lastly, imagine what this would look like uh, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. If we took training seriously, we chose to be faithful now, slow down, and sharpen the axe. What impact could we make uh, in terms of ministries launched out of OCC, missionaries sent overseas, churches planted? Um, I, I get excited thinking about what God could do through us if we chose as a community the, this road of humility. So I know God wants me wants to grow me in this area. I'm I'm on the road. I'm early, but on the road of humility. But I'm moving forward on this road, uh, and I, I know that God can make an impact for His kingdom um, as we choose to do that together. So let me let me pray for us. Um, Father God, thanks so much for this time and Your Word. Um, help us to apply Your Word to our life. Um, God, I pray that uh, we would get off the road of impressing people and onto the road of humility. Uh, I pray you, you would really help us identify where we need to make changes, we need to ask for forgiveness, where we need to really submit to you, Lord, uh, and admit we don't have it all together. We need your help. Um, I pray that you would help us as a community move forward in this area uh, of humility and that we'd experience blessing because of it. I pray you be honored uh, by our efforts to put your word into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.